This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Today's reading from the Daily Office is Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 through 58. Now, let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. He came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue, so that they were astounded and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these deeds of power? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their own country and in their own house. And he did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Jesus has been on the road now for some time, healing, preaching, and teaching the good news. As a matter of fact, leading up to today's reading, beginning at verse 51, at the very beginning of chapter 13, we find Jesus teaching a great crowd of people on the Sea of Galilee. So great a crowd that he taught them while sitting in a boat just offshore, while the people eagerly stood elbow to elbow, crowded on the beach and beyond. Using pithy parables, Jesus teaches them about the reign of God and, importantly, how God's message of love, grace, and mercy is variously received. Jesus begins with the parable of the sower, who, to my way of thinking, is a kind of enigmatic person. So, this sower, the sower, broadcasts seeds, kind of scattering them willy-nilly, it would seem. 
So it begs the question, are we the seeds? Do we have a choice in which bed we find ourselves? I'm just asking for a friend. Now, seeds that end up on the hard, well-trodden path are gobbled up by birds. Perhaps it would be better to be on a path less traveled by. It might make all the difference. Then there are seeds cast onto rocky ground with little or no soil, which spring up too quickly because they are shallow-rooted, then become scorched by the sun and wither away. Is there not a better way available to obtain nourishment, perhaps, maybe from a, a, you know, a gentle Holy Mother Earth who feeds us and sustains us, allowing us to grow? unlike inflexible hard rock. So what's the takeaway here? Don't be so rock hard on others or yourself for that matter. Be flexible, patient, be kind for everyone is fighting a great battle. Other seeds find themselves amongst thorns which choke them out. Help, I can't breathe. Be careful out there. Be careful who you hang out with, what communities you belong to, and what organizations you aligned with. Are they thorny ones who stifle growth, including mine and yours? Don't become one, a thorn that is, to the other. Life itself depends on and thrives on diversity. It is the nature of things. Seeds of many colors growing and thriving together. Now, how rich is that? The seeds in the good soil grow and thrive, bringing forth grain even a hundredfold. Whoa, a hundredfold. Astounding growth like that can certainly crumble and break down walls and borders and barriers, even those made of rock. Jesus gives us many seeds for thought. To further elaborate on describing what the reign of God is like, Jesus tells the parable of what life is like on the good old earth, the one about wheat and weeds, both of which are left to coexist until they don't at harvest time. The reign of God, Jesus said, is also like the tiniest of seeds, the seemingly insignificant mustard seed, which grows into a great tree, which becomes a home for birds, welcoming them into its branches. Life and growth like this is a kind of becoming, a becoming becoming a safe harbor and secure place for others, for the other. Then again, the reign of God is like an invisible yeast being womanly needed into dough by steady, strong, loving hands, transforming it to rise, expand, and when warmed by baking, transforms into bread, providing nourishment, providing the basis of life, the reign of God is also like a discovered treasure which is shrewdly hidden in a field, altogether of which is purchased to be owned outright, all of it, lock, stock, and barrel, 
by joyfully selling and giving up absolutely everything owned in exchange to possess that field of dreams. The reign of God is like a merchant who discovers the finest ever of pearls, the one and only one of great, great value that is worth giving up everything to have. You know it when you see it and seek it. Today's reading begins with the eighth and final concluding parable of Jesus' dialogue. It's a wrap-up, you know, just for the disciples. And leveraging the theme of all of the parables, Jesus speaks of the treasures of the new and old. Now, is Jesus not really referring to the Old Testament teachings and prophecies being fulfilled as Jesus the Christ in the there and then? And you know, for us too, in the here and the now? All of these things Jesus says to educate the disciples, to educate us in the role of first being novices, students, you know, if you will, being prepared and commissioned as healers, teachers, and leaders. But the folks in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth just aren't buying it. You know, it was a small town, maybe about 400 people lived there. I'll bet everyone knew each other, you know, kind of like an extended family of sorts. His brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas are mentioned being there. And all of his sisters, as well as his mother, Mary. Joseph gets a mention as, quote, the carpenter. Well, you know, it should be a joyous occasion, but it gets really ugly instead. Fortunately... Fortunately, Jesus did not start his ministry there. Apparently, familiarity breeds doubt and contempt. Jesus returned to Nazareth turns out to be an awkward homecoming, to say the least. He is not well received at all, not a very eager listening audience like elsewhere. Jesus' attempt to teach there in Nazareth begins in the synagogue. They were astounded, wondering out loud, facetiously no doubt, where his wisdom and deeds of power come from. They take offense. Who does he think he is, the slowly carpenter's son, to lecture them? Jesus makes them very uncomfortable with themselves, I think. They are embarrassed by Jesus' very presence, his knowledge, his wisdom, his love. They do not want Jesus to be part of their so-called cherished community. Jesus is an outsider in his own hometown, sad and tragic. Now, where have we seen that before? We learn that Jesus did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If not really liking Jesus, could they not have, you know, believed in the message or given him the benefit of the doubt? Just to tolerate Jesus would have been a start. But no, no. 
they did not want to do the gracious thing. But not even tolerance would be the case in Nazareth that day. Yeah, gee, before coming to Nazareth, Jesus had already healed many other people, sick with various diseases like demons and fevers, leprosy and paralysis. Jesus healed illnesses of the mind, body, and soul. Jesus is really surprised at how hard-hearted his hometown Nazarenes are and ends up that Jesus healed only a few sick people there because they had little or no faith, no trust whatsoever. And that is because they thought they knew who Jesus was or was supposed to be. They did not believe he could do great things. They prejudged Jesus. They wanted Jesus to know his place and not be so uppity. When Jesus moves on to the next place, he heals a Gentile woman's little daughter, a deaf mute, a couple of blind men, a beggar, an epileptic child, many sick people or mats, and many, many others, the Bible tells us. Jesus heals a man named Legion who had many bad spirits. Jesus asks him to tell everyone the that good God has done for him. Legion is very grateful, so he does. Jesus sends out the 12 disciples to heal and teach like he has been doing. And later on, Jesus sends out 70 more disciples to do the very same thing. Trust and gratitude make all the difference. Love, grace, and mercy abound all we got to do is find someone to share it with, to be somebody's fertile ground of being. Mustard seed, yeast, pearl, treasure, to be wheat, to be somebody's love, to share the love, grace, and mercy. Amen. And now, here's a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness, let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, let us pray the Collect for Proper 26. Almighty and merciful God, it is only by your gift that your faithful people offer you true and laudable service. 
Grant that we may run without stumbling to obtain your heavenly promises through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now let us take some time here, uh, pausing our worship together, if you want to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. Let us now pray the colic for the human family, which is found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us pray the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice, which is on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people of this land that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray now the concluding collect, which can be found on page 139 of the prayer book. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus. <laughs>